Is that you? Top of the morning to you. Oh, you're just like a breath of fresh air on a, maybe that's not the analogy. You're like a cool drink of water on a hot summer day. Hey, I'll take either. And I have brushed my teeth this morning. So fresh air, breath of fresh air might apply too. All right, I'll take it. I'm into that. Um, how's your morning going? You know, it's really nice. I was I planned to get up and go to the gym early and then come back and um, podcast, but my body was telling me that I needed to just slow the hell down for one day. And I've had the most relaxing morning ever. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I've been cuddling puppies and doing Instagram posts and catching up on emails and it's been great. Good. It's just time to chill. Yeah. Tell me how you are. I'm wonderful. I am also just drinking my coffee. Um, there are like six lumberjacks in my backyard. Oh, um, are they wearing flannels? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, it's like my brother-in-law and like some dudes that my husband works with um, and my husband. And they're on this massively uh, dangerous like scissor lift. Cool. That they, I, Haley, I don't know how safe it is to rent these to the public. This I was is, about to say, are they OSHA compliant right now? Listen, my, <laughs> I mean, my husband and his work buddies are because they have to (laughs) I was like terrified when they pulled this thing into my backyard I was like this isn't owned by like a company with a license like they just let you rent this (laughs) I like because I'm like what's stopping like kids from renting these it was like literally not even it's like $300 this thing is probably like I mean it's very tall. This tree is very tall and old that they're cutting so, down. What are they doing to it? So they're cutting it down because it's, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's down an entire tree. Yeah, it's dying because um, it has some tree disease and they don't want it to fall in the house. So you're going to have some like firewood for days. I know. I know. Um, which is great. It's that time of season. But if if we do hear any chainsaws or anything, that's what the, the noise is. Yeah, deal. I I can take it. I have two rowdy puppies having WWE of puppies in sweaters in my lap right now. So if they get too obnoxious, just let me know and I'll put them in a different room. No, you're fine. You know, on the day of the Super Bowl, they have the puppy bowl. Uh, yeah, and it's the <laughs> best thing you've ever seen. It's my favorite part of Super Bowl Sunday. Same. I do think, though, like after seeing them wrestling in sweaters, that should be a new requirement. Like their uniform, you know? 100%. Put a jersey because sweater, anything on that. It's like the cutest thing you've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Are they like plaid sweaters? No. Heroes in like a Heather Gray. He looks like Ooh. a little preppy, like frat boy because the hood has a little puff ball on it. I'm here for and that. This- yeah, sis is in the same one, but of course hers is pink because she's a lady. Yeah. So, oh, they're so cute. I'll have to post a picture. Sadie took a picture of me holding her with the hood up yesterday, and she was miserable, and it's hilarious. She just doesn't like the hood because I, I feel like she would like the whole the sweater. Like, she wants to no, move they, on, right? 
yeah, they love it. Like she was so she's been living her best life in it and they slept in them last night, which I've never had a dog that's worn a sweat sweater on the regular. So I don't know if they're supposed to sleep in them or not, but she's been warm and toasty and sweet and cuddly and real happy. You know, it's just like our bodies, like just listen to your dog. (laughs) They'll they'll tell you, you know? Yeah. And they love the sweater life. That's, that's wonderful. Okay. I'm so excited for our topic today. Okay. Our topic today is, um, all things doing other stylists hair, including how, like, I think it's would just be good if we gave our like from beginning to end do we have stylists fill out a woofoo or a jot form do we let them just text us or call us um do they bring their own hair in or do we make them pay full price for hair i think it's also a good thing to like touch on what's like the normal standard in the industry for doing services on your coworkers, like, or other stylists. Cause I think it's like very much an unwritten rule for most people that like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of thing. Like just because it's another stylist, you usually just do their hair for free. Yeah. So I agree. Coworkers and then outside stylists are different though, because like the way I treat the situation with my assistant, Sarah, and my sweet mate, Kelby, are different than I treat it with a stylist that maybe I know, but is choosing to come into my suite that I don't work with. Yeah, uh, 100%. And I think it'll be good because we can talk about quite a few different perspectives ourselves and our experiences just as stylists and also the experience uh, that we've had with clients who are stylists. Yeah. I love this. I will never forget. So, um, it's funny. You said that unwritten rule. That's so true. Like we all just, it's like everybody kind of has their own loose, like rule about it in their head, but you kind of assume every other stylist is kind of the same. And when I first, (laughs) I'll never forget this. When I first started working at the last like big salon I was at, um, the owner there did one of the other girl's hair that um, she didn't, this stylist didn't end up staying at the salon very long, Mm. but the owner charged her and this stylist could not. She like was kind of upset. She's like, I've never had another stylist charge me. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. I've never seen that either. But then I was like, I mean, but it makes sense because you were on her books, you know? Yeah, you're, like, taking up her time that she could have a a client. Like, you're a client, and I don't know where this whole, like, it's just assumed. It's an old school thing, I think. So the salon I worked at before, the first salon I've only been into. So the first salon was, like, a very kind of old school salon and then the next one was like a very new school salon so the first one I was at everybody you only got a half-ass service number one that you like either completed or finished yourself so if you wanted your hair done you had to be like hey can you stay an extra 45 minutes and like help me with this was kind of like the you know what I mean like help me do my hair no one no one was like giving anyone like a full-on 
legit service. Hmm. And if that's what you wanted, you either like did it yourself, which is not like mm-hmm. a full-on service, or you just totally went somewhere else. Because I had a lady at that salon, um, my older lady salon, who actually went to another girl at another place every six weeks and got her hair done. And her mm-hmm. hair was literally the prettiest in the whole salon. Well, I'm so, sure. Yeah. So um, it was just like this. Yeah, I'll help you with this. You don't have to pay me, but you're not getting like my full-time attention. And if I have to leave, I leave. Right. Right. So I think it's just like an old way of doing things. But then maybe once we transitioned, you know, into like the new school era of stylists, it's kind of like, oh, well, I want your full attention. But like, wait, I still have to pay full price, you know? Yeah. Do you think it's like the new school way or do you think it stemmed from how we were trained, like our training with MBR? Um, I think both maybe. I think younger girls, I don't know. I've seen, not younger girls, I've seen newer stylists go both ways with it. Like I've seen Mm -hmm. them, um, be like, no, 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 you don't have to pay me. And then I've seen younger stylists be like, oh yeah, put yourself on my books. Like, AKA you're a normal client and you're going to be right. Right. What do you think? I don't know, because it was very new to me. Um, well, actually, I guess not. So before you started doing my hair and before I started wearing extensions, I had a stylist. Um, I was at a studio suite, and she was in my studio. She started doing my hair, and I paid her, but she didn't charge me full price. She had, I don't know if it was like friends and family or like stylist friend hookup, But we weren't exchanging anything at all. And I mean, you know my hair. My hair takes a very long time to do. It's very thick. And my color appointments with her would be anywhere from five to six hours long. And I mean, even with the discount, like at the time, because like you said, like I had never paid, I'd never paid for my hair like that. I'd always been in the salon where we were exchanging And even with the discount she gave me, I want to say it was something like 40 to 60% off. I'm not a hundred percent sure what it was, but it was still a couple hundred dollars as it should have been. But I was still even like, Oh, this is a lot. Yeah. The only other service that I've had, um, that I have consistently paid for other than like my nails and I pay full price for that, um, are my lashes and my, you know, friend Shauna and I, we, don't fully exchange, but like we definitely hook each other up. But I don't know if that's just because it's like a friend thing. But anytime she's super busy, I'm like, hey, charge me full price. Like I don't ever want to get kicked off your books because like I'm not paying the same as all your other clients. So if there's any point when you're like, I either have to move Haley's appointment or charge her full price, like I will pay full price. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost so, like at that point you would rather get charged full price so that you get the service. Well, yeah. And I think now you are the first person that I've ever paid to do my hair. And I don't even think that you were, I don't think you were charging me as much as you were charging clients. Um, But I remember the first time I came to you and you were like, this is your total. I was like, Hannah, no, it's not like, that's not my total. Like actually charge me. Like I wanted that experience. Yeah. You helped me with that as the client. Like 
I wanted to be able to speak on the experience. If I'm going to sell extensions and the service as what it is, which is a luxury experience, a luxury service, I wanted to experience that for myself. So that was really important to me. Yeah. And that you helped me with that turning point of being a hookup stylist to being a not hookup stylist. Mm. So, so like then I was still in the mindset then that if you were a stylist, I I was like, I mean, I like, I actually liked you. It's not like I was like begrudgingly doing your hair. You made like a real appointment. You were awesome. But like, I was still, um, I just still thought I had to hook other stylists up. And you really helped me be like, no, like, you know, you and we worked to get like you would always have your hair back then you weren't doing like a ton of color. So you would either have somebody at your salon typically like gloss your hair or you would gloss it yourself or whatever. And mm-hmm. then um, I was just charging you for installs. But it felt so good to like, number one, be with you like during a service and you know, how fun. But like number two, when we walked away from that service, like I still made money. I wasn't resentful towards you. You know what I mean? 100%. And I'm totally, and not anything that like, my hair is the type of part, like hair that you would be resentful towards if you hooked up because it's so thick. Like there's a lot of it. I take up a lot of time and I don't know. I just, I never wanted you to feel like that. Cause I already just appreciated that you had even been like, Hey, please let me do your hair. There's nobody in Columbus doing MBR. Like I want to do your hair. So I just already appreciated you in that sense. Yeah. Um, and I, it was like, I, yeah, please charge me. Just please, please charge me. But I know when I, and it doesn't happen anymore. Anytime I have a stylist that reaches out as a client, you know, they're, they're charged full price. Um, if I have a personal relationship with them, I will usually like have a sit down chat, like, Hey, what hair are you using? Are you prepping your own hair ahead of time? Like I do give them that option. If I'm, if I personally know them, if I don't, they're just a normal, regular client. And like, hold on, wait, what if, what if you know them, but you don't like, like, what if you know their name and you recognize them on like Instagram, but you're not like one-on-one friendly with them? Like, no, 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 no. Then they're a client. They're like a hundred percent a client. It's like, they are like my friend, like. I give them the choice. And actually I'll say most of my stylist clients, they want to be a hundred percent treated as a, as a client. So I, I think the only people that I really like quote unquote hook up are the girls within my own salon and they still pay me for the service. Um, a hundred percent, but you know, we, we just kind of are like, it's not as much as what I would charge a client because, and usually they're helping you out in some, you know what I mean? Like people oh, that absolutely. you, people that you work very, very closely with, like one-on-one, like Kelby, for instance, when I do her move ups or whatever, like, um, she was, and this is a great way to like utilize people you work with. Like, um, she was my first IBE model. So like, yep. you know what I mean? Like I used her as a model, um, I could have totally messed it up. I don't know. You know, she's giving me feedback. I didn't mess it up. But yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, I would rather do that on her 
and be able to get back from her daily. So that's useful to me, to me. And she trusts me and I trust her. And so that if she has any problems with it, she, she can let me know. And I'm actually growing from that. So it's like, that's a 100%. great situation, you know, where when I was doing her MBR move ups, I would not on like not like a normal client, but you know, yeah. still charging for your time. Yeah, and that's kind of how I handle it with like the girls at work. One, I'm usually not coloring their hair. It's literally like and if I do, I charge them for color. Um, but it's literally most of the time my labor, a lot of times they prep their own hair, they have their assistant prep it, whatever. And I'm just, you know, it takes me 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. So, and to me, it's like nice to connect with them in a different way than just like in passing on the salon floor. So that I find I get value from their appointments also, um, in just like, agreed, you know, but so I think there's definitely there's different levels to it. There is. And I think that's something that each person has to decide for themselves. But when I first started, it was I had to set that hard boundary for myself of no, any stylist that reaches out, it's a they're a client. There's no exception. I use my own hair. You can't bring your own. Um, And I've I have pretty much stuck to that again, unless if they're an extension stylist that I'm already friends with, um, I just, I give them the option. I'm like, you can either be a full client if you want to bring your own prepped hair, you know, this is what you can expect, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, no, that's, I think that's like, I find that pretty standard and, um, very, that makes sense. But again, still, still being paid for my time what about so I I definitely don't believe in free anything except your mom oh yeah like, I think you have to do your and grandma hair. like come on don't yeah be, don't be a terrible sure. person okay what about have you ever gotten this feeling where um I know stylists listening to this will like seriously like hallelujah when they say this have as a seasoned stylist have you ever had anyone book with you that let's say an MBR person or an MBR stylist who's like maybe going through the program or new have you ever had anyone book with you where you're like you know you go to check them out on Instagram or Facebook or whatever just because that's what we do when we have new people um see I don't ever stalk people ahead of time I don't everybody always asks that like do you look your clients up I'm like no should I I do I've never, I've never Not in like a that. weird way. I just will get, like, sometimes pictures aren't, like, you know what I mean? If you get a picture that's, like, not the mm. best, I'll, I'll just, yeah. like, look up their Facebook or Instagram to get a better idea. Or of um, if they've worn extensions before, because that's a question on my application, sometimes I'll just look, you know, and see if I can get an idea of what their extensions looked like before. Not in, like, a creepy way, but, I mean, if you put it out there and it's public, like, you know, there's something wrong with me taking, like, a little bit of inventory or history and being, like, okay. Um, Yeah. But, like, more – oh, this is what I was saying. If it's, like, say, an IBE or an MBR stylist who's, like, hey, I want you to do my hair, 
I'm really happy to pay full price and say they're in a salon with other people who could do that service for them. Is, is that like a red flag to you in any way? Like, um, not that you're not a paranoid way, but like, are you like, huh, I wonder if they're like, maybe just trying to get the experience or if they like want to learn some things for me or, and I don't mean to be paranoid about it because I don't think there's anything wrong with like having the experience and like looking around and seeing how other people are doing things. But um, I don't, I, Hannah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I've ever had that happen. That me neither till this last week. So So I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, I. Do you think that there's a possibility in the future? Like, so you have people reach out to you all the time who, um, yeah. Who are like, Hey, cause I'm sure you do. Who are like, Hey, do you offer shadowing or mentoring or whatever? What if one of those people, you know, apply, applied to come in and then, um, Mm -hmm was asking you questions so I guess I have I have had that happen before um I did an install on a stylist from a kind of far away and um, she was just better at doing it like she was just better at asking you questions that you know she wasn't obvious obvious like yeah and I knew I knew it going in um See, I don't know. Like, she was asking me questions, but it wasn't anything that I was, like, that was, like, a red flag yeah. for me. Um, I have a really good, like, gut feeling, and I'm able to read scenarios pretty well. And she had great questions, and it was more of, like, a genuine excitement and curiosity. And I, I don't know. Like I was excited talking back to her. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know it's ahead of you. Like, this is so exciting, but I didn't get a weird vibe from her. Does that yeah, make sense? That's hard to read too. Cause, um, this last week I had someone who I think is in like the NBR Connor Academy who I also enjoyed my time with. Um, and it ended up not ending my favorite way the situation did. But, um, I, th- I think one of the issues with the appointment was I don't think I was I was giving as much information as she like wanted me to give at least that's Mm. the feedback I got from my assistant which that's why it's so nice to have like an assistant too because like sometimes when people are with you or when you're reading a situation like it's very one-sided you know Yeah. Um, yeah but my assistant was like oh no like there was moments where like she'd ask you things and you'd answer them in a very polite way or whatever, but it was almost like she was like digging a little bit deeper. And I don't think that I, um, I don't think I gave her (laughs) what maybe she wanted coming into the appointment as far as knowledge. Mm. Yeah. So um, I think that's where, and I had a really good, like, we had an okay conversation. Like, it was a it was a normal appointment, you know, that I would consider, like, successful wh- by any other mm-hmm. standards. But um, 
then she, yeah, didn't feel the same, which is fine. But I was almost wondering, like, what was she, what were her expectations for that appointment? How could I have um, known or managed those a little bit better before I even put her on my schedule? Like, that's kind of what I learned from that. So I think it's, that's why I want to talk about this today, too, because not that I don't want us to ever get to a point as stylists where we're weary or not trusting of doing each other's hair from outside salons. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. But I definitely think once you get a certain amount of experience or um, especially with extension training, um, that there, there could be stylists that come to you and might be expecting to kind of learn instead of just getting their hair done. And those are two totally different experiences to pay for. Oh, 100%. So I guess my, my thoughts on that are one, there's only so much they would be able to, as far as like trade tips, tricks, there's only so much they'd be able to pick up as a client, right? Like, you know, they can't see your beating. They can't see how you're stitching. They don't exactly know what you're necessarily doing, right? So something that you could have tweaked that works really well for you, you know, than what you've learned in your training, just through time and experience, they're not necessarily going to be able to see that. As far as like sharing knowledge and information, I, because obviously with time, your knowledge is valuable. You paid a lot for it. People are paying to learn from you. I guess my thing would be like thinking about what do I already openly share about? I I think I'm pretty open and I share quite a lot. So if I would feel comfortable sharing it with my Instagram audience or my peers, like I think I would share the same. There are always just going to be some things that you have to see and feel and do for yourself. I could explain to you until I'm blue in the face, Hannah, how I like to do my embeds with MBR, but until I actually show you and you see what I'm, what I'm doing with my wrist or how I'm, you know, tying that end off, you would only be able to get so far without seeing it. So I guess, I don't even know if I have an answer. Um, I think it all comes back to the other person's intention and that feeling that you get in your gut. Like if you, and if you get that icky feeling, I think you have to pay attention to it. And sometimes it takes getting burned to even having to be aware that you had a feeling maybe deep down that you either weren't aware of, or you're like looking back and like the red flags of the conversation that you're like, this was not good at all. Yeah. Um, And it's not that what I learned from this situation is that I saw her more as someone, it was almost like I gave her a pass because 
and and didn't um didn't look at her <clears throat> excuse me as critically as I would would at a new client because she was a stylist mm. I lost my filter for is this my ideal client because yes. she was a stylist so she was 100% not yeah. my ideal client she was not within the age range she was not financially within the um income range she like there were yeah. so many things off where I'm like how did this slip you know how did this one through the cracks so yeah I think that we just like looking back that's the biggest thing I learned I'm like oh she just was duh she wasn't my ideal client like no wonder it didn't go good she wasn't reading me how my ideal client would read me she wasn't yeah. um I think I think she was kind of looking to see more of the ex- what kind of experience I give my client side. So, like, for instance, during during um, every client's first experience or first install, I'll always order lunch like halfway through <clears throat> because yeah, oh, I always have like water, sparkling water, and wine there because um, those are just basic, but. Um, and I have snacks and stuff too, but I always make sure, you know, that's a long appointment. I have no control over, that could be a three hour appointment. That could be a six hour appointment. And that's a long time. Number one to sit, but that's even longer time not to eat for me personally. So I always order lunch, um, during that first appointment and she was like, so surprised. And I think, and maybe, you know, like there's nothing wrong with her learning this from me but I think it was things like that like the beat and the rhythm of the appointment that she was kind of Mm. a little more dialed into than um than some like my beating or my stitching or anything like that I mean I have no idea what people are thinking so maybe not but and I don't mind it was like the experience that she was maybe trying to get a grasp yeah but even that it's like you know my price point my price point is set at a certain um you know tier or level to be able to to do those things for clients because it's important to me that my clients aren't starving during an appointment appointment. you know it's important to me that they feel comfortable and um and that I also like convey to them like hey, if you don't want to talk or you want to bring your laptop and work on it, like, please do that. Like, we do not have to chat the entire time and exhaust ourselves. If you're an introvert and talking um, drains you, like, trust me, I have other things in my head going on that I can, like, think about, too. Like, I want people to be at their (laughs) pace, you know? Yeah, and you just want people to feel comfortable. comfortable. And, And you know how I am, like, I just need the sign from somebody. I need 100% like clarity. And then I'm like, okay, like I like taken and not offended at all, but I can't read people's minds. So that's why I'll say things like that. Like, Hey, if you want to bring your laptop and work or work from your phone or whatever, just let me know. Like I, I get it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, that's a conversation that I have often as well with my clients. Like please, you know, because some of them either have to take the day off work or whatever. And I had one girl, she's working from home and 
she was like shocked and I was like you can bring your work stuff and she's like wait what like it was like earth shattering yeah. to her which I know that is like not the point of our conversation but anyways no you're fine that's um, like half my clients no I'm like you, just be yeah. here and work <laughs> yeah and you just want um them to have the experience so I guess it kind of stems back to Hannah like the importance of knowing who exactly your ideal client is even when they are a fellow stylist and applying that to every single application or inquiry or whatever yeah and not compromising on those things just because they are a stylist um and that is I actually have two which this girl and then another girl within the same week who are both stylists um who wanted to get their hair done with me and I think the second one will go better but that first one did not go well and yeah like I said it just it it like rocked my world because I was like it didn't go well because we weren't a good match for each other and that was that was my fault like I should have been like you're better suited to you know like I can give you recommendations but like I just did it. That was my fault. So it was neat to learn. Yeah. And I 100%, 100%. It actually made me feel more solid because I'm like, it dialed me back in to be like, you know, um, everyone has to be who you're. Yeah. Everyone has to be my ideal client. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they're background no I yeah they have there's certain criteria like I said there's like an age range you know a socioeconomic kind of place and it's not that we're being discriminatory it's like these are the things that have proven to be these are clients that have proven to be good matches in the past yeah and um there's if I go outside of this template uh, of an ideal client it it never ever pans out. These are these don't become long term, you know, happy clients. Um, right. It was just oh, and I let go. This was just a week for me. I let go of a um, another client who I was having a hard time letting go of because she wasn't necessarily sorry. This is kind of off topic, but um, still on the topic of clients. Um, she wasn't a good fit, but she was very nice. She was like, she was kind of neurotic though. So, um, it was just like a heavy week in that way, but it was like, these were things that I kind of did for myself as well. Like I thought back on this client, the second client, she's older. Um, not that that has anything to do with anything. So I have lovely older clients, but when I had her consultation call, I would have the person I am now would have heard the um the kind of franticness in her voice the desperation in her voice um the repetition of complaints in her speech that would have been like she's not a good fit for me and i yeah yeah so i i think i probably told you this i've probably even talked about it on the podcast already a few months ago maybe like three months ago, I had a client that I did a consult with. She didn't find me like my normal channel through Instagram. She found me through, um, 
actually IBE's stylus locator, which is a great tool. Um, I specifically think it's the best tool for clients who are starting to build their clientele, um, who maybe they're working on their ideal client, but they're just, they're trying to build their clientele for first stylus. and foremost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she found me through there and Hannah, like there were so many red flags, so many, so many red flags that I give examples. Sorry. Just, just so. Okay. So, yeah, no, you're right. So she emails me and is asking all these questions. And anytime I get an inquiry, whether it's through DM, through email, I always say, hey, if you'd like to schedule a consultation, um, you can find pricing and maintenance information here. Please complete this questionnaire and I will be in touch to set up your consultation. So I send her that link and she completes it. Um and then, you know, I asked for an inspiration photo. Well, before I even had time to read over her application, I think I had eight more emails from her with like 15 inspiration photos, all which were polarizingly opposite. So many red other. flags. Some were, so many red flags. Some were short. Some were like past the hips. Some were blonde. Some were brunette. Some were in the middle. Like just very, very inconsistent. Was she like... I like in this color, I like, or in this picture, I like her color. In this picture, I like the front pieces and the bangs. In this picture, I like the length in the back. Like, no, she didn't even explain anything. She just said, here are more inspiration photos. And so I had texted the, this was, this was all so weird. I had texted the number she left on her application, which is what my normal standard protocol. And I didn't hear a response. So I was like, cool. Like we're not maybe this one's just going to kind of fizzle out. Um, well, I get an email maybe three or five days later, I don't know, a few days later. And she's like, Hey, I filled out your application waiting to hear back. And so I just was like, Oh, Hey, I texted the number that you had provided. Um, and didn't get a response. Is there an alternate phone number for me to get a hold of you? So she gave me a different number. She, yeah, different cell phone number. I don't know if that was a landline or what. Hannah, just wait until I get into the details of this. So I text the number she gives and we're having an exchange. We set up a time for a call and in her message, she said, hey, if my husband answers, please hang up and call again later. (laughs) This is a scheduled (laughs) consult. So like she knows the time. Right. And she was like, please She's like, don't call this number. Call the one that I listed on my Did she say, like, my husband doesn't. Okay, this this could be different, number one, if she hadn't sent a bunch of random inspos. This could be different if she was like, hey, um, I just want to let you know, I'm getting boudoir pictures taken as an anniversary picture, you know, gift Mm -hmm. for my husband. He... I... I, This is a gift to him. Um, The hair is a part of whatever. This... This anniversary gift he doesn't right. know um so whatever if if there could have been because i i did hair for a boudoir um photographer for years women do this kind of stuff every once in a while you know where it's truly a gift totally so, like that would make sense but this lady was just like no okay. no there was no context no context so other than just call, hang up and call oh my back, gosh which i was like okay i'm 
literally yeah. not doing that. Like I rolled my eyes as I read that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So the day for the consult comes, I call the number. She instantly puts me on hold. She, and like, she's whispering. She's like, Hey, Haley, give me one second. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> and I, it's like dead silent for a few minutes. She comes back and she's like, okay, sorry. I just had to step outside. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? So oh my gosh. this woman was, I would guess probably like my mom's age, um, mid fifties, maybe early sixties, mm-hmm. mid to late fifties would be my guess. And she box colors her hair, which red mm-hmm. flag number one for me, my ideal client does not box color her hair. She already finds the value in getting her hair done by a mm-hmm. professional. Um, so we're talking and she's word vomiting all of her concerns. I'm usually like, and so this was on me too. I'm usually very good at running the consultation, <laughs> just running the phone call in the sense of, okay, you talk for a few minutes, give me your fears or whatever. And then I'll kind of give you my, you're the, blah, you're blah. the home team. So like they're, they're on your court. Yes. I yes. Guess. Yes. And it's like a, a 15 minute consultation is literally the max mm-hmm. it usually goes. So she is just rambling and rambling and I just finally had to interject and I'm like, okay, so from what I'm understanding, oh, oh, so then she's asking questions. Well, will my husband be able to feel them in my my head? And I I was like, and at this point, you know, like I'm not booking you, but like, you cannot just be like, I gotta go. Well, so I'm like, yes, like he'll definitely be able to feel them. So based on all of her questions of her concerns, if her husband's going to notice, she doesn't want her husband to know she's even speaking to me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm assuming that and her inconsistent inspiration pictures, I'm assuming she wants like one row, doesn't want anybody to notice that she is getting extensions. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, OK, so you know, since we're going to go for being subtle, you know, here's what we can usually expect with one row. She's like, Haley, almost like, duh, you idiot. She's like, I want hair extensions to my hips. If I'm going to get them, I want to okay. get them. And I was like stunned to silence. Like, uh, yeah, literally. I was like, oh, and I was like, I'm, you know, that's I, my apologies. I said, I was assuming and I said that like just with how you were ta- asking questions about your husband that we were going for discretion here and she's like no if I'm gonna get them I'm gonna like get them interesting and so yeah so <clears throat> I end the call I give her the dates and she's like I'm gonna have to check my schedule and you know she didn't we didn't put a deposit down then we didn't book and most of the time when i don't get the deposit over the phone it's an yeah. it's a hard no and this one i was okay with you know sometimes i'll like push a little bit and i'll i'll like try to push the sale a little bit more if i really think they are my ideal client you know um she was not so i was like cool yes <laughs> um so <laughs> like maybe a week goes by i'm not exaggerating probably a week goes by I've since filled all the available dates that she was looking at and she texts and she says, Hey, um, I'm going to pay my deposit over the weekend. Um, can you just confirm the date that you had for me? (laughs) 
and I explained, yep. hey, those dates are filled. Um, here's my next available. Um, it's in 2023. She flipped out. Literally. She flipped out and she's like, well, why, why, why are those dates gone? Like, I, I don't want to push this out any longer than necessary. And I said, well, as I explained on the phone call, which I do this every time, your appointment is not confirmed until your deposit has been paid. And so she's like, okay, okay. So we kind of are exchanging emails back and forth. Again, she doesn't pay the deposit then. Another like day goes by. I fill those spots. Like it's like prime time. I'm now booking out pretty much for the end of the year. And she um, is like freaking out. Like cannot understand why it just keeps getting pushed further and further. So she finally pays her deposit. Again, dates are at gone. this point where you like, and I shouldn't she, be taking her on a hundred percent. I'm like, there is something off here. So I say, Hey, this is my next available. I saw you booked your deposit or your, I saw you send in your deposit. Cause I had invoiced her. Usually I take the payment right over the phone, but since she hadn't paid it, she had requested that I sent her an invoice. And that was part of the miscommunication. I, I always send invoices. I'd, sorry, just to give my beat on this. I always send invoices, but I explicitly tell every single client you have 24 hours from when this invoice is sent to pay mm-hmm. it. If you do not pay it, then square, I set up my square to alert me. This invoice has not been paid. And if it's not paid within that 24 hour um, time frame, then the appointment's not secured. Yeah. So I, so she had, I had emailed the invoice, like we had had the consultation. I emailed the invoice over immediately following the phone call. Well, I had put the wrong email. And so I had to resend it 24 hours later. So that was part of her concern. Well, I didn't get the invoice. And I was like, yeah, you know, I sent it again, as I said in our text message. And then she um, had opened it and viewed it, which I didn't know at the time. And you can tell oh, you can. square. When... Good tip yes. for Silas. So good tip. Yeah. So she then, so after she pays the deposit. I'm getting her on my books. She's like, I'm just really frustrated. You had never sent the, she didn't say I had never sent. She said the deposit was never sent to me. So I didn't have the opportunity to pay it sooner. I'm just really disappointed. I don't want this appointment to get pushed any further. And Hannah, when I tell you that like my ass lit up, I was so angry. Cause I'm like, you are accusing me of lying Mm. to you of not like that's an, an attack on my character. So I go into square because I'm like, there has to be a way to say and to see when I sent it, when she opened it. And sure enough. So I literally Did you screenshot it and I, I love you. Screenshot it, circle it in detail. And I said, per my last email, like I, I break it down. I'm like, I sent the wrong invoice 24 hours later. I sent it to the correct email. Um, It says on this date that you opened and viewed it on this day. It says you viewed it. So it's like she's going back and looking at it. And and I said, I'm I'm paying it. Yeah. And so I said, here's your date. If anything, I said, I'll add you to my cancellation list. Meaning if anything opens up sooner, you have a first shot. 
And she then flips out, doesn't understand cancellation list. And she's like, Haley, I need you to confirm my appointment. I don't want to be on your cancellation list. And I said, your appointment for XYZ is confirmed. So I'm pissed because I'm like, you're also, she just doesn't get it. Like she doesn't get, she doesn't. How do you not understand? Like a cancellation list is very standard for any doctor's appointment, anything. It means you have an appointment on a later date that you wished it was earlier, but we're going to hold this appointment for you. And then if anyone cancels in the meantime earlier, we will call you and we can get you in earlier. Like, how yeah. do you get to be 50 and you don't understand that? <laughs> I don't know. She was interesting to say the least. So, I'm sitting on this, like, you know this about me by now. If something makes me feel any kind of way other than great, I take the Mm -hmm. night to sleep on it. I don't respond. I don't acknowledge it. And I don't make a decision on it until I've checked my emotion at the door. Um, It's like one of the things my dad has always said, like, you never make a decision while your emotions are Here's the thing about that, too. People that are unreasonable will push you to give an answer immediately and then we'll hold it against you if you do not come back at them immediately that's a red flag and a character flaw on their part because any reasonable person knows that nothing nothing that isn't life-threatening or like um an emergency or whatever has to be answered or dealt with right that second like there's a 24-hour window on everything with reasonable people hundred percent. So I then email her the next day, I think because she wasn't texting. I don't know why everything was done over email. Usually I text everyone. Um, but she is, so I just say, Hey, so-and-so after sleeping on this, I said, I am going to go ahead, cancel your appointment. I'm going to actually refund your deposit. I don't think that I'm going to be the stylist for you. There seems to be a huge lack or a huge miscommunication happening and a lack of understanding on my part for you. And going forward, this just isn't going to work out in either one of our favors. Communication is so important in this kind of service and it doesn't appear that we That's are. That's a on hard the thing page. to do, Haley, because a lot of um, stylists will think like, gosh, like I did kind of hold her up. I did kind of waste her time, but it's not it's actually not wasting her time and not holding her up if you if you don't pull the trigger because if you were to have her end knowing all these things knowing that you're probably gonna have to fire her you know right right so I sent her that email and she yeah loses her mind she's like I'm not kidding when I say begging like Haley please I'll do anything I didn't mean to upset you all I was saying was that Um, she's still like sticking true to the story of like, I just, I never received the invoice and I'm just, I'm so sorry. I'm please, I'm please don't be angry with me. And I just, I didn't respond. I sent her the, her deposit back. I gave her notification that her appointment was canceled and I just left it at that. But it was like, I could already see I've had enough bad experiences in my chair with extension clients. I've only had a handful, but every time I've ignored Mm -hmm. that gut feeling, I've always regretted it. And with her, I had the gut feeling the whole time. And this was, I was so proud of myself because I was like, I, while I still took her deposit, I still stopped myself before I knew I would regret it because it's so much harder when 
you've already done their hair, when you've already had that in-person experience with them, it is so much harder, I think, to uh, allow them to move on and yeah, move on. Yeah. Move on from that um, relationship. And when I tell you it was such a huge sigh of relief, it was like probably almost two weeks of just this like anxiety. Every time I was opening my email and I would see an email mm-hmm. from her, I was anxious about it. And I was like, this is, I, I have, I have a book of my dream clientele currently. I, why in the world am I going to compromise that for this woman who I don't know? She didn't follow my normal system of becoming my client, becoming my ideal client. Like Hannah, I had to send her my website and photos oh my of my work because she didn't even know me. And looking way. back, yeah, you're like, that's you're not looking back, client. you're like, that's what you learned from this. Like, you're like, yeah, duh, I don't do that. But like, sometimes in the moment you get caught up and you, you know, are in the middle of doing things and you're like, oh yeah, I can send you pictures and you do. And then like, just hearing you say that, I'm like, Haley, that's not the person you are. Like, not at all. So it was just such a huge relief. I'm so glad I went with my gut. I, I like actually stuck it out. It was a huge learning experience for me. And it was also, that was one of the most, it was so confrontational how I had to, um, email her and that's never comfortable and I hadn't had to be confrontational like that in such a long time in my business that it made me nervous you know like when I was changing my clientele when I'm like telling clients hey I'm no longer offering this service or I'm I'm no longer working this day like I got used to confrontation and while it wasn't you know in a professional setting while it's not fun by any means you get used to it and you're like no this is what it is it's a matter of fact, you know, and then I've had two extension clients that I had to let go in person that it was just like, we are not, you become real, you know, not but, robotic but about it, but you ago. become, um, yeah, that's exactly kind of what happened. You get more yeah, comfortable. That's what happened to me this yeah. week. Yeah. It was and like, so- I, sorry, not to interject, but I was in the exact same place you were, where I hadn't, I hadn't had to have that conversation with someone in so long. And it was like, a, a muscle flex that I took for granted. It was like, I, I haven't worked out this yeah. muscle in so long. Well, no wonder it's weak as fuck. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And no wonder I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't do this anymore. I don't have to have these conversations anymore. But Thank we God. should always, honestly, um, we should, our boundaries and our boundary muscle or whatever should always be, you know, maintained enough to where if we do, and, you know, we're not getting loosey-goosey with other clients and we're not getting um, too comfortable or too casual or too friendly with other yeah. clients to where we forget, like, this is my business. I, I I can step into assertion very quickly. And at any point, I think that's the other thing that we, like, have a hard time with. we have the power to make any change that we want within our business at any moment. And it doesn't matter if it feels like it's coming out of left field. We have that opportunity. So, you know, just the same way that I handle hairstylists that I work with in one way, you know, like I, my girls within my salon, they get a particular treatment Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Stylists, my friends, you know, they have the option if, 
if they want the practice on prepping their own hair. And that's what it is a lot of times. Hey, I'm new to, I'm newer to doing extensions. Um, how do you feel if I prep and bring my own hair? Cool. I'll just charge you for the install in your color. Like, that's great. Um, but then, you know, stylists from the outside who I, I don't know you from Adam, a hundred percent, you're going to pay the full price, but guess what? I have the power. If that stops working for me, I have the power to change that. I can say, Hey, I'm going to hook every stylist up if I choose, or, Hey, I'm going to charge every stylist a hundred percent if I choose like, and it's being able to exercise that at any moment without getting that uncomfortable feeling that is so so important. Yeah, you said it. I mean, and that was the lesson that I learned this this week with with that stylist um was that regardless of you know, number 1, it's always you have to figure out where where you're going to stand with stylist services. You know, like you said, so like maybe um we can all make a plan for how we deal with our stylist friends within our salon. Um, and then we can make like another plan for stylists that we're friendly with and that we know and are comfortable with that are outside of our salon. And then I think everyone else is an ideal client or they're not a client. Yeah. And I think this is what I think is so important. And this was how, this was the argument that I made because I would get stylists in my DMS a lot saying, Hey, how much do you charge for stylists to get? their hair done with you I'm like full price and they're like wait what you know it was like taken aback and the thing that I was I loved being able to say this Hannah when you know because you were getting your hair done within your previous salon um, the thing that I love to be able to say is yeah I'm paying full price for my own hair why would I give you a deal when I don't even know you yeah you know what I mean and that was so so empowering and it would take it takes the other person back like they're like oh like I I find the value in what I'm paying for I don't even know you how dare you come to me and ask for any type of a hookup yeah and even you know even now like I I explain to my clients too like they're like well you and Haley are just so lucky because like you get to do each other's hair and like don't charge and I'm like no we're we're exchanging an even like the energy this is a yeah service. like financially pound for pound it would be somewhat even when you do my color and my move up and I do your color and your move up or whatever it's like this is an even trade we're both benefiting from this equally if if we went well, outside yeah. of those boundaries or didn't have a close relationship or whatever like that wouldn't be the same thing and also like this is not only my stylist this is like a friend and like a peer so it's like I'm not lucky. Yeah. I set myself up that way. If Haley wasn't around, I yeah. would pay someone else to do this. Well, and Hannah, like we, like if I, if I'm just moving your hair up and you do my color and I don't do yours, like I'm still paying you yeah. for my color. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we still have that boundary within our own because it's like, no, like your hair took me an hour and a half to do. My hair took you five hours to do because you did my color. Like I'm going to pay you for the extra time and the color that we didn't. And that's exchange. never even a discussion. So, it's just like, okay, yeah, Venmo me for my color or what, you know, like, because, yep. and, and I think that's where 
if you're a stylist and I think the people most susceptible to this, honestly, are um, super independent stylists like you that I've had people, I had somebody say to me the other day, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was my assistant. Um, I don't remember. She said, wait, Haley works in a salon. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, Haley, you market and brand yourself at, as such an independent uh, brand that, you know, like people may not even be aware you're in a salon environment, which is wonderful because it's like they're yeah. so, you know, dialed in. But I think clients who are most susceptible to getting, um, or sorry, stylists that are most susceptible to getting like outside stylists, one wanting them to do services are um, sweet stylists or um, people like you that are so independent that other stylists feel comfortable coming to them and that they're not going to be overwhelmed with like a super, super busy salon atmosphere, which is wonderful. But it's like, you have to, you have to make sure you're being clear with yourself about, okay, just because this person's a stylist, are they going to be a good fit for me? Are they going to be happy with their hair? Are they, you know, do they have the same type of style I have? Like, are the pictures they're sending like hair that I like doing? Yeah. And that's where that's where I missed the mark yeah. this week and why I'm so excited to move forward because it's like this new sense of clarity, like, oh shit. Yeah, like Okay, so tell me the changes that you've made in your with this experience from this week. Like what changes are you implementing immediately in your business and onboarding okay, your new client? So I have a consultation call today. I'm gonna be um, I still keep mine within that. It's usually 10 to 20 minute range. Sometimes it's quicker, you know, if they're just already ready. Um, yeah. I, I've had recently a lot of um, Colombian or Ven- Venezuelan clients who are a lovely, who like, honestly, I'm like, these women are becoming the most beautiful ideal client, ideal clients. Cause they're like all so great. So um, the woman I have today, there is a little bit of a language barrier. Um, mm. So with clients like that, I just make sure to really take the time to be clear because um, I yeah. have not had any problems with, I have, like I said, I have two like <laughs> amazing Colombian clients that I have a small bit of a language barrier with. But yeah. because they're such wonderful humans, it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's not, problem. it's just really taking the time to understand each other. Um, yeah. So I have a um, woman today who I can tell by her application, there may be a slight language barrier there um, just because mm-hmm. of some like wording, but there, but there yeah. wasn't besides that. She looks great. I am going to put, um, after I get off the consultation call with her today, I'm going into my Wufu or my Jot form, whatever um, people call it, and I'm going to put an age question. I'm sorry. My teenager is in the Mm. shower right now, and she's playing, like, the most obnoxious, like, rap music. And if you guys – okay. Oh, I can't hear it. It's, like, literally, like – little Wayne pounding so hard and I'm just like oh my gosh like I'm actually like not mad about it so even if I did hear it (laughs) I'd be okay with it okay um (laughs) it's like it's 
the shower is just right next to my room. But, um, and actually you or our friend Shana gave me this idea to, on my Wufu, so there's questions of your stylist, you know, this, there's certain questions that clients have to answer and able to like either move forward on to the next page or to submit the application altogether. Um, most of my questions are like, you know, general name, um, what, uh, like what kind of hair do you have? Is it fine, medium or whatever? Um, and have you had extensions before? I'm adding in a question that will say, um, what, how old are you? So it'll be 18 to 25, um, 26 Mm -hmm. to, I think 35, 36 to Mm -hmm. 45 and then 46 to 55. And then obviously on from there that way, um, I'm choosing to pretty much go into consults with anyone under the age of 25 with a different set of not scrutiny, but, um, understanding so that I can really figure out like, okay, there are really successful, you know, um, 24 year olds or 24 year olds who maybe they're getting married and their husband has a great job and they're financially very secure. That's out there, but not a lot. (laughs) And, um, yeah, you know, I'm 34 with a freshman in high school and a fourth grader. And like my, my priorities are, and my style and my lifestyle, um, would be slightly different from someone who was maybe 19. So that is what really, that's a big, um, a big thing that like really made me excited because I was like, oh, I can ask that. And then I can just have a, a general idea. There's no discrimination going on, but it, it sets me up better for the consultation. Yeah, I completely agree. I have, so I would say most of my clients are like close to my age, like late twenties, early thirties and, and on. I don't have a ton of clients who are in their early twenties. Um, not anymore. I used to, um, and they, I still have them, but I would say they're closer to like later twenties, same, you know, whatever. Um, I have one girl, I feel like she's like my little sister. When I hopped on the consultation call with her, I could tell by her voice that she was so, so young. And I, I didn't think a word of it, Hannah, like, and this could have totally bit me in the ass. But um, we're on our call and she, I'm getting her deposit and she's like, hold on, I have to make sure that my mom, like, up to the limit on my and you're and you're like like sirens going off you're like that's no Hannah Hannah no it (laughs) I don't know why I did it because (laughs) now I 100% would feel that way but well because you know and I think this was actually after like I had done the call I could tell she was super young she'd made a couple comments that I was like I bet she's like a freshman in college that was my that was my thought she says stuff like it just hits different and you're like wait what (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) no that's like that's why I love my my assistant and my daughter because they say things like that and I'm like oh my gosh they keep me so young I love these little babies but I'm like I'm like (laughs) it's just so cool and then I like think about it and then I see I'm like oh okay I, I get I get what these kids are saying but like 
I know. Literally, I can read yeah. the lingo. I'm just being goofy. So, her card had gotten declined, which is my not card just got declined for when for the the extension method that um, you and your friend Ashley had invited me to be a part of the other day, and I was so frustrated. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, it happens to everybody. No, it totally does. So, and I'm never like, I'm always just like, hey, just make sure you call your bank. It's probably just flagging yes. it as a fraud charge. So yes. same thing. I said that to her and she was like, oops, I have to have my mom check my, change it on my card limit. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how old is this girl? But I didn't think anything of it. Hannah, she comes in and she is the loveliest, sweetest, angelic baby I've ever met in my entire life. When I say she's like my little sister, I'm not kidding. Like she'll text me and be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you have so much to catch up on. Like we might have to FaceTime beforehand. Like just so sweet. I love her. And she is a senior in high school at the time. But like how badass is this girl? Her family, obviously like her parents take really great care of her. And her parents have always said, whenever you work, you can spend your money on whatever you want. Like she's just financially smart. So she's like, you know, my parents buy me like the necessities. And she's like, I've worked since I was old enough to work. So she has this like great savings. And she's like, this is now just always going to be a part of my budget. Like every month when I'm doing my budget, she's 18 years old. She's like, every month when I'm doing my budget, my hair is a part of it. So that to me is like, that is the type (coughs) of 18, 19 year old client that I want. One that finds the value. One that has a budget. You know, she, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, girl, you're like, do you want to do my budget? 29 before I I had a budget. (laughs) Yes, I do. So it was just, that was like a really cool experience. And every time, you know, when we were in our group message, the, you know, girls are saying like, oh, like this is my age range and blah, blah, blah. I always think of her because I'm like, I'm just so glad that I didn't get that gut feeling. I didn't get, it wasn't a red flag. It was just like, oh, bless her heart. And I'm so glad because I just, I cherish my relationship with her. She's such a And there are those people, like wrapping up, there are those people that are going to fit that maybe, you know, not every single ideal or perfect fit client is going to mark, say you have four or five, um, you know, say age range, um, where do they live? How much money do they make or whatever? They're not going to check off every single one of those boxes. So like she fits outside of, you know, one of those, which happens to be age, but it sounds like she fits in your other boxes for an ideal client. And that's like, that's why it's so important to have that consultation call too. um, Because Mm -hmm. then you really get that idea of, okay, like she doesn't sound out of touch as a teenager. Like she is being honest with you and saying, Hey, I have to have my mom transfer this money that was hers, you know? Um, and sometimes too, that's where maybe, (coughs) excuse me, that's where maybe, um, I have to take the time on consultation calls to really like listen and like hear what people are saying and not rush through them. Because like, if you don't get a full, like 10 to 15 minutes on a call with somebody, if they're just like, yeah, I'm ready. I don't have any questions. Like, I, I have more questions for you, you know, like, um, yeah, it's always good when somebody's ready to book, but it's, it's worth getting to know them just a little bit more before 
they become a part of your business and then it's, it's harder to back out of. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I really like just in closing one more. I really like what you said though. Like, and I think that's a very important to keep in mind about your ideal client. So important to have super specific things that you look for in your ideal client. My ideal client's name is Stephanie. Yeah. You know, like I, she has, she has a name, she has a specific job. She isn't married. She's this, 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 and this. Now, a, a lot of my clients aren't exactly Stephanie, but like you said, they check off five or six qualities that Stephanie has. Um, and, and that's what I look for. That's when I know my ideal client is on target when they all have a lot in common. Um, but you know, maybe she's married, maybe she has three kids, maybe she's, my age range is flexible. You know, she might be 35, she might be 55. So I just think that is the important thing to keep in mind. Like you have to know who your ideal client is and also know when they're still your ideal client, even if they're not checking off every single box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point to make. Like my ideal client is educated, but educated means like a lot of different things to me. So I'm open to what that education is. Um, but Mm -hmm. that's still, I still hold that true. Like my ideal client is educated. You know, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean they don't have, um, maybe they have a GED, but then they started their own business and that business is really successful. Like that's educated to me, you know? Yep. Same. That's one of mine. Either, um, Stephanie has her own business or her husband has his own business. So she's used to like an entrepreneurial life or she is very high up in whatever company she's working on. So she also has a lot of flexibility. You know what I mean? Like there are so many factors that I don't know. It's ideal client is like one of my favorite things to dive into and talk about. Me too. Cause you start to see um, patterns too. Like, there was a very distinct point where I used to have, and it's kind of the area I live in too. We have a lot of um, larger hospitals close to us, but, um, and I suppose you do too, cause you're in a big city, but um, I, I went from having a lot of nurse clients to having a lot of mm-hmm. nurse practitioner clients or doctor clients mm-hmm. or like traveling nurse clients. Mm-hmm. So like there's a definite, um, uh, financial difference between like someone who's a traveling nurse or a nurse practitioner than someone who's uh, a regular RN. There's, it doesn't matter. They're both great, yeah. you know, hardworking people, but like there's a financial difference there. So yeah. um, it's just neat 100%. to see those. This was such a good conversation. I think. I agree. I, I got a lot of value from it and I feel like what I love is like being able to learn from each other's lessons that we're going through. Um, and it's just another way to like stay up on our toes. So I think this is a really good one. Um, yeah. I, if you, if anyone listening has questions, I think D, DMing us on the nice hair, um, nice hair podcast on Instagram is the best way. Cause we both get on and we'll check those. Um, yeah. And what would you think of doing like a, um, almost like a Q and I was thinking about this the other day I meant to ask you, but I'll just ask you right now. And then maybe our podcast peeps can like, let us know if this is something they'd want to do. 
if we brought somebody on and just kind of like chatted, you know, instead of like doing a question through DM, if it was like talking through that, talking through one of their questions with them. I think that would be amazing. We should do a two part series of um, chatting with a stylist and then chatting with a client or a potential client. Love that. Okay. Let's um, get together and figure that out. And maybe we can, when we launch this episode, maybe we can kind of put that up as a little poll to see if that's something people would be interested in. I love it. All right, sweet girl. Well, I hope you have the most amazing weekend. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We love you. Love you. Happy Halloween and um, happy. This is the first blue moon on Halloween since 1944. So enjoy the moon if you're listening to this on the day that we publish it, which is Halloween. Amen.